Welcome to the Dynamax Podcast, Maine's premier powerlifting and strength sports podcast. From studios in Westbrook, Maine, with your hosts, Matt Israelson and Matt Strong. Matty, whenever you want to do the intro. What, are we not test? Sound check? Yeah, I, I already checked. We're good. Good to go? How oh, about yeah. from here? Yep. From here is good? Yeah. All right. Well, good evening, everybody. Live from Westbrook once again. They tell me this is the 10th. I thought it was the 9th. This so. is the 10th episode. So we I'm, started at zero. I'm going with my producer, Matt, and this is the 10th. So it's I crazy. It was We've nine. been doing this for a fifth of a year. Yes. If you think about it, which is kind of wild. And I hear we have five countries now. Five, yeah, five or five or six countries, and by now it could be seven or eight. So okay. almost a thousand views total. A big thank you to everyone who's listening and sharing it, especially if you're not in Portland, Maine, or the Portland area. You know, we really appreciate, we appreciate you it, listening. And, and it's and, you, and it's always open if you want to come by for a workout. Everybody remember that. One of the few places where you can get a little sample test run. If you don't, if you don't like it, don't stay. But we hope you like it. Anyway, we have Mary McCarthy with us tonight. Yes. Um, I'm going to let you do most of the intro, but just as an interesting plug for those who are listening, Mary McCarthy was my art teacher in middle school, which is just a really kind of strange... It was a couple of years ago. Yeah, I mean, it was a long, it was a long time. You said 2002, 2003? It's 15 years ago. Yeah. You were and how we up. both wound up at Dynamax. And how we... Yeah, what are the chances of that? Live on the air. Right. So All right. that's just incredible. Um, we were kind of... Um, you know, we were just chatting about, uh, you know, what I'm doing now for work and what how you ended up at the MSK. But what I'm really curious about is how you got here. Because Maddie tells me that you've been training here for a couple of years. Mary's been to three gyms with me. Union Station Fitness, Total Fitness, and then here. And it, we think it's been about 19 years. I think we started around 96. You started when I sold Union 96. Station Fitness, and I sold that at the end of 1996, and she started training with me then, and she's never stopped. So, yeah, it's 19 So that covers three gyms in uh, uh, like a quarter of a century, almost. And I actually, in 1990, I was going to be turning 40, and I decided that I needed to start doing something for my health, and I was very interested in bodybuilding. But in at that time, in Kennebunk, there was only one little gym, and it was on Route 1, and it was more it was of a... The, was it the Fitness Nuthouse? No, no, that's still, Daryl's still there, but no, this was on Route 1 in Kennebunk, and it was more of an aerobic fitness classes kind of gym, and it changed hands two or three times, and I started going there. I was petrified because I had never been to a gym, and gym was starting to be a big thing, and classes were a big thing. Started going there um, and did some classes, and did some of the traditional just machines and met a girl there that I got talking to and I said to her you know I'm really interested in bodybuilding but there's no one here who does it and she kind of started me out with some basics and then she said to me you know I know a guy at Union Station who could train you and who knows a lot more about bodybuilding than I'll ever know and that was Matt. So I ended up coming up to Union Station, which was very frightening because <laughs> <laughs> it was downstairs, down on St. John Street. You had to go underground. It was, but it was big. It was like 10 and times the size of this place. And it um, met Matt, and he took me on as a client, and we've been together ever since. That's pretty crazy. Yeah. So, so she does the power lifts, just to, just, to, just to point out. 
what they can do for you because I've seen Mary through a couple of car accidents, uh, some injuries, but something far worse lately, and she'll tell you about that. But really, it's it's my passion. Um, weightlifting and nutrition are really my passion. You know, it's it's really funny that, you know, as my art teacher, that was the last thing that I'd ever expect you to say, that is your passion. So when you, uh, so you're in 1990, you're about 40 years old, why, was there something that, did you see something that turned you on to bodybuilding, or is it just something you imagined yourself enjoying, or I guess kind of what sparked it? No, I was really interested in it, and I was buying all the bodybuilding magazines, which in those days a lot of the people were using steroids and so forth and I could never tell was this person a steroid person this person isn't but I knew I could change my physique if I knew how to do it right this woman does her homework is what I always tell everybody but I I didn't know how to do it I was reading about it but I really needed someone to help me with a diet and someone to help me balance balance it out so that I could do the exercising part and the food part together and have help right. with that. But she always has a, had a question, and you better have the answer when you're working with her. You're always because she's, she's doing her homework. She's and, a teacher, and I I'm very lucky. I mean, I've gotten a lot of resources from Matt and Daryl Conant down at the Fitness Nuthouse. He's got a lot of books out, and he's oh, yeah. a, he's a wealth of knowledge. Um, so I've been really lucky to to have not really knowledgeable people. Um, but the reason I ended up here at this podcast is because I was saying to Matt and to another client the other day, you know, I will tell anybody who asks me that when I first started weightlifting and, and working on bodybuilding, my goal was to change my physique and be in a show. And it was all about changing my appearance. Right. And I think so many people go into weightlifting with the goal of changing their appearance. So kind of vanity drives you. And getting aging and wanting to age well and age easily, which I wanted to do. But then, this past October, totally incidental finding, I was diagnosed with stage one pancreatic cancer. And only 10% of the people that are diagnosed, even at stage one, are eligible for Whipple surgery, which is what I had. It's called Whipple. And it's called the Whipple procedure. Yes. And what that means is they cut off the head of the pancreas with that little tumor on it and remove it. And you have to be in perfect health to have that surgery. You can't have any other health complications. And when I said to my oncologist, you know, why am I here, stage one? I eat so clean. I've been working out for years. Why am I here? He said to me, you know, if you hadn't been doing what you were doing, you would probably be stage four right now, and you probably wouldn't be eligible for this surgery. So I will tell anyone that although vanity might drive you to start lifting and taking care of yourself, that the real reason to do it is when you get hit with something that you don't expect, your body is in shape to handle it. I mean, I bounced back from the surgery with no problem. Uh, I went through the chemo with very little side effects. And a lot of that is because I was healthy to begin with and because I was working out and because my system was working the way it should be working. The only workouts she's missed were from the surgery. You didn't, she didn't miss any during chemo. No. So when were you on chemo? How long ago? Because um, if looking at you right now, I would have no... I would not be able to tell. I was diagnosed in October. Okay. Of, uh, Columbus Day weekend. Did chemo. Of 2016? Yeah. 
this past year, this yeah. past fall. Did chemo from October to March 1st, had the surgery March 8th, recovered, and then did chemo from late April to July 19th. So you just finished, really? Af is icing on the cake to for prevention. For they find the data finds um, that reoccurrence is significantly less if you do it before the surgery and then after. Again. Okay. Um, and then next week is is real icing on the cake. My scan was clear. I had a scan last week. It was totally clear. And now I'm going to do four weeks of radiation just to the head of that pancreas because the scan doesn't always show minute cells that might not show up in a scan, and they want to make sure it's just that reoccurrence. Yeah, you're being proactive but at this I, point. Honestly, I mean, the chemo I did up till July 19th was heavier than the chemo I did from October to March. The pre-surgery, the right. post-surgery was heavier than the pre-surgery? Well, they both were two chemicals each, but the second one supposedly was a harder regimen, but really... I didn't have. She didn't miss a workout. You no, know, I. And she'd gained three pounds, four pounds. I had to. I had to work at gaining four pounds. Well, I I'm wanted. Sure. I didn't want to lose any weight, so I wanted to maintain my weight and, if anything, put on some weight. And now I'm trying to put on three or four more pounds so that when I do the radiation, if there's a day I don't feel good, I'm not going to worry about. Lose, I can't eat. Sure, dipping down. Right. Wow. And if I wasn't doing all this, I wouldn't even understand, like. Matt just explained to me the other day, 500 calories every day will give me a pound. A month. In a month. A month. I mean, I didn't, I wouldn't know that, you know, but I had someone to go to for a diet, you know, to, to, to look at my diet and tweak my diet so that I could maintain my weight and also eat the right things. Um, so it's all good. I would also recommend people use a trainer at, at least for a while as a resource and as a knowledge base. Um, so they really get the I'm right sorry, knowledge, it's a pound, the right It would be a pound form. a week, I'm sorry. Yeah, that's what you said. Yeah, 500 yeah, calories yeah. every day would be yeah. a pound There's a week. about 3,000 calories in a pound. So. Uh, the right calories. Correct. And Mary only eats right, folks. I, can, I know that, too. So one thing that I saw recently from another trainer that I, I work with is he put out a poll to just all of his, everyone that he connects to on Facebook and says, you know, what is the most beneficial thing about having a trainer? What is that for you? I think it's the knowledge. The knowledge. And like all of us that work a regular job, you have a regular job as an engineer, you know, podcasting isn't your regular job. Our focus is on our regular job and the knowledge that goes with that arena. Of course. Your trainer, that's his regular, regular job. <laughs> and his focus is on all that information and what, if they're not sure to answer a question, they have the research base to go look for it so that you're not spending all your extra time trying to figure it out, yeah. which is what I was doing back in the early 90s. I was trying to look at these magazines and then figure out, okay, this woman, because I focus on women bodybuilders, she's doing bicep curls and this and that and the other thing, and this is what she says her diet is. But I was just reading that, you know, and, and it wasn't working for me, and plus I didn't have proper form. Record. Yeah, that's you know, so I'm I sure wasn't the hardest getting the most out of my just workouts. Magazine. Right. So what's funny is when he, when uh, this was Scott Bauman of the Iron Will, ninety percent of people said it was the accountability, but to me, it's the confidence and the uh, the confidence of the knowledge. Where if mm -hmm. I go, I know that I could ask Maddie a tough question, and he might, you know, he might think about it, but he's going to have an answer. And if mm -hmm. he doesn't have an answer, he will the next time I see him. Well, the other piece when you talk about accountability is 
having an appointment. When you have an appointment, you show up. You know, so there is accountability there as opposed to, like, I don't work out at home because by the time I get home from work, it's quarter five. I'm not going to motivate to work out at home. But if I know I'm coming here, it's summer now, but I'm coming here at 10 tomorrow morning, for instance, I'm going to be here at 10 o'clock because I got an appointment. You know, and, and that is expecting you to be here. Something horrible comes up, I'm going to be here. Um, whereas if I was going to work out at home, 10, at, say 10 o'clock, maybe I would, maybe I wouldn't. So it, it does help with that. But it's the knowledge. I've gained so much knowledge. So, Maddie, you mentioned that uh, Mary is doing powerlifting. He's training. been doing the movements, you know, that we talk about. Is that so? Uh, just to back up a little bit, yeah. Did you ever go on stage as a no. bodybuilder? No. So, when you found, have you ever competed in a powerlifting meet? No. No, I just wanted to illustrate, you know. That she's done the movements all these years, and that is there's no you, there's no data yeah. to prove anything. But although mean, her doctor said, oh, I was in a car accident. Back she was in a horrible several car several years ago. A guy pulled out and just drove right into me. He didn't look. He didn't look either way and just drove right into me front end. Head on collision. I had one broken rib, and he the doctor said if my chest hadn't been so strong, it was my chest muscles that protected me. That's awesome. You know, That's so incredible. I mean. I think that, and I know now with all this that I've been going through, I know that my, my oncologist said to me, whatever you're doing for workouts, if you have a day when you don't feel like going, you push yourself and you go because it, it's doing you, it's working for you. So they want you to exercise, especially a cancer patient. So you worked out all through chemotherapy. Mm -hmm. I've yep. heard that... I work with a woman who's in, has breast cancer, and um, she stopped going to the gym because of the chemotherapy. I think that she thought that the gaining of muscle might counteract the chemotherapy. I don't yeah, know. I mean, that may be something. That it depends on your cancer. Maybe the cancer and the the uh, the chemicals used. I don't know. I, there might be something that doesn't go with muscle. He was gain. In, my my doctor was an advocate for working out. I can't imagine. And he knows what to, I do. You know, I told him what I what I do because they want to know everything. Right. Um, they want to get break you down and what like you're eating. And when it came and what time to diet, you know, to talk about food, he said I didn't have to change anything. Just keep my low glycemic diet and and low glycemic. Yeah, low sugar. Yep. Because cancer likes sugar, and keep keep up on the veggies as well as the protein protein protein. Because remember that chemo and now radiation is going to destroy protein. That's one of the hallmarks of chemotherapy is it's a good protein destroyer. So you want to keep your protein up. And with radiation, if you think of a microwave oven and you think you, I don't eat microwave food, but if you think of putting a piece of steak in a microwave, what does it do from the inside out? Cooks it. It gyrates all those protein cells and scrambles them, mm -hmm. right, and ruins them. So you're not getting any real nutrition. Well, that's what radiation does in your body. It, it The reason it kills cells is it takes those cells and the protein in a minute, scrambled them up, and that's why you need more aminos. Like, I've been taking three aminos every day because you actually need more going through all this because it will destroy those amino acids. Can you walk us through what, just like a typical day where you lift, what your breakfast, lunch, dinner, snacks kind of looks like? I'm just, I'm sure. really curious. Sure. Um, well, like tomorrow morning, I'll have, I'll have 
probably want what I've been doing now because I want to maintain weight. So you're working out with Maddie tomorrow morning right. at 10. Right. So you get up. I get up and I'll have one egg. I'll have a yogurt, a Greek yogurt. And then I've also been having three quarters of a cup of brand cereal big for energy and just to keep my weight up as well. Uh, then I'll come up here right away and we'll work out. And then I use First Pure um, protein. It's a grass-fed okay. protein. I'll have a when I leave here, I'll have a protein shake with that protein with a scoop of turmeric and a scoop of um, Amazing Grass, which is a green food. Because okay. I want. I know get, what turmeric is, but I haven't heard of the Amazing Grass. It's a green food that's all. It's like having four heads of broccoli. Oh, okay. Because you can't eat as much greens as I want to get. So gotcha. that, a scoop of that. And sometimes I'll put some MCT oil in it, but um, the first pure is a really great protein. Um, then I'll go home and have lunch, which I might have a turkey sandwich or. Did you have a, have a drink on the way? I have the drink right after I leave. Bro, here. She has a protein drink in the car. Yeah, right after on the I way leave. Back. Yeah, so I leave it in the car and I just have it right when I leave because I want to get it in that first hour. Mm -hmm. And then I'll have whatever I'm going to have for lunch. It's protein and veggies, salad. Um, turkey, tur usually it's a turkey sandwich and a salad or um, an omelet and a salad. Um, then in the afternoon I'll have cottage cheese um, and sometimes I use the Budwig protocol which is a, a cancer protocol invented by Joanna Budwig back in the 1930s. I don't know, honestly know whether it works or not. She swore by it which is taking your cottage cheese, it's a two-to-one mixture. So I use half a cup of cottage cheese and a tablespoon of flax oil. And you mix them together really well. You crush the cottage cheese up so it becomes one mushy mixture. And I'll have that. Because supposedly when the flaxseed oil hits the saturated fat of the a good cottage cheese, a good organic cottage cheese, um, it will oxygenate your good cells to help fight. So... I'm not sure whether it's doing anything or not, but my skin was clean, so I'm just going to keep on doing it. Um, so I'll do that in the afternoon, and then I've added a second, just the protein with um, coconut milk in the afternoon just to keep my weight up. Mm -hmm. And then I'll have a regular dinner of, like, when I get home tonight, I'll have ch I'm going to have chicken and asparagus or a piece of um, antibiotic-free red meat with vegetable veggies. So I don't eat a lot of carbs at night. I gotcha. Any carbs I'm going to have. If I'm going to have bread, I'll have it with my turkey sandwich. Around the workout cereal. time. Right. It's in the morning or afternoon when I can burn that off, you know. Um, wow. This is, uh, I'm, I'm just amazed right now of this. Like, you, it seemed, for one, you've been going through something that's very, um, obvious, you know, very intense, very stressful. But I'm so great. I'm so grateful. It's just driven me. I'm so grateful. I went to urgent care Columbus Day weekend with a little pain in my groin, and I've never, I'm never sick, and never have an ache or pain. So I was like, "Ooh, maybe it's my appendix. I better check it out." So when I went to check it out, they did a CAT scan. The CAT scan came back that I was fine. There was nothing wrong except I was constipated. They sent me home. Tuesday afternoon, I get a call from my doctor that at Intermed, which is here in Portland. If you're their patient, they do a second read on the scans because I guess they ship out all over the country. So their radiologist on the second read caught this little shadow Just on the head a of my little tiny. 
and saved your life. It was so lucky because he could have just looked at that groin area, which was significantly lower than looking at a pancreas. But he really, and it was after a long weekend, so he probably had a great weekend. And he was so astute to even see it. And I was so lucky, just so lucky to get it early. And so lucky I could have the surgery because only 10% of people who are diagnosed stage one pancreatic can have that surgery. Because most people just don't qualify, they're not healthy enough. You're not, you've got to be super healthy. You can't even have high cholesterol. Well, and also the cancer needs to be in that portion. And it needs to stay there. Right, it needs to stay there. Um, pancreas is tiny. So you go through that first chemo from October to March, and you don't know till March. I finished March first. I didn't know till March third that I definitely could have the surgery. I mean, I was working towards it. That was my goal: was to get on that table. That was my total goal. My total mindset was: I am going to get on that table. But until they did that scan March third, if my tumor had resisted the chemo, which some tumors are chemo resistant then I couldn't have had it so you just you, I just well, I suspect they would have tried another chemo too yes they would have but I but I set my mind I was gonna I was gonna get there yeah um, and I got there so I was really lucky and I had a great surgeon great care at May Med I can't say enough about the care I had and came home with three tubes and I was eating in the hospital real food. The average Whipple patient comes home on a feed tube for and a couple were, weeks. And you were... Born. I had scrambled eggs the third day. Wow. <laughs> so my digestive... They remove your... Di- they move your whole digestive system because your pancreas is so deep in. And then they put it back. So when they so move it, So it takes it, it a must. while for people's systems to readjust, but I don't know. Mine readjusted pretty fast. That's incredible. So this story. is... Uh, this is... This is the, the fact that you're here today is very interesting that we're having this conversation right now. So just a little thing about me. I've had two hernia surgeries, one when I was 18, one when I was 21. I have been, I'm, I've got a doctor's appointment Friday to have what I think will be my third one checked out. But my concern was is that I had a pain in my groin. Right. And just listening to you go through that, you know, you, you, I don't know if it's a male thing, but it doesn't, going to the doctor sucks, right, Maddie? It, yes. Nobody likes going to the doctor. And I think it's a male thing in particular to resist. But you have to listen to your body. And if you know, like, I knew, I, I'm never sick and I never have a pain. And it's like, okay, do I let it go? Or do I feel like an idiot and go and have it checked out? And if it's nothing, I'll feel foolish. Right. Which is, I left feeling foolish, but it turned out to be something. Exactly. So I think we all know our bodies best, better than the doctor, and we know when things are right and when they're not right, and we just need to do it whether we're going to feel foolish or not. Yeah, so I mean, that's the, I mean, that's kind Especially of... Especially as we get older. As a, you know, as a young male, you know, I kind of think that, like, what could, what could be wrong with me? Right. You know, young. I'm healthy. I'm healthy. I'm in the gym. I eat. I eat well. I don't smoke cigarettes. I drink relatively infrequently. I've, you know, I work at a desk and I do everything I can to fight that by being here, by having a stand-up desk, but right. being as proactive as possible. He eats well. Yeah, I eat well. I mean, I meal prep every week. I think I've meal prepped over a hundred weeks in a row now. Um, it, it's just ingrained into what I am. So. The fact, I mean, it's like you're, it's almost like you're, 
you know, you're flopping in the card game, right? You're kind of just giving it in. Like, all right, well, I got to see where, see where I'm really at here. So that's you know, I'm two days out from that. You're going to benefit from this because 15 years from now, if something comes up, all that meal prep, all that exercise, all the work you've done, there's going to be a payoff, and it's going to come in that whatever you have to face is number one, it's going to be easier for you than it could be, and number two, you're you're a goal setter. And I, I taught this at school in our advisory program to middle school kids. Goal setting is everything, you know, and you're setting goals, you're meal prepping, you're, you're seeing into your next week. That's all part of your goals. I'm writing them down. I'm writing my goals down every week. Yeah. Trying to cross them, cross them off the list. Which you just right. competed, Mary. Oh, you did? Yeah, yeah I've, had, I've done a... F- See, the, the w- interesting thing about my hernia is it's, I don't get the pains when I'm lifting. I mean, I... Deadlifted 560, and I benched. You know, I had an over a 300 pound bench attempt. I just squatted 400 here today. You have an umbilical hernia, or yeah, it's it's not ingual. It's in the belly. Inguinal. Yes. Okay. Um, it's in the belly. But it's not on your it's not on your belly button. No. Okay. Um, it's when like if you were to catch me off guard with a joke, and I were to have like a really big belly laugh, that's where it would hurt. Or or if I were to, you know, be eating or drinking something, it goes down the wrong tube. And you start coughing, you get into like a coughing fit, yeah. or like if I throw up, that throwing up is about the worst possible thing I could do because that's when you're really exerting everything yeah. with no bracing. And so it's just, I, what's, and you know, I've really enjoyed powerlifting. Coming to Dynamax has been one of the best things that I've done mentally, physically, everything. And I've realized that I need to get this fixed if I'm going to hit my potential. Right. You can't, I, I'm not going to be a. A great power lifter with this ongoing injury. I need to Is fix that what this you have? injury. Do you have it? Do you have one? I have one. I, I know that I've had one for over a year now. But oh. basically, what they said because I've had so many, or because I've, this will be my third surgery, they oh. said, you know, you're going to manage it. And if it becomes too painful, let's act on it. You put a mesh in there. Yeah. So I've got two spots that are meshed, and basically, okay. what I think is happening is, you know, I've got the mesh spots, and it's just blowing out where the mesh is not. Hmm. I got one too. I must have. I feel like I must have some sort of an imbalance because I've got strong. It's just core. a weakness in the in your abdominal wall for whatever reason, but you'll you'll get by it. So you should take care of it. Yeah. So I mean, this when I when I was eighteen, I didn't even lift. It was I, you know, when I was younger, I was into uh, I was into like rollerblading, skateboarding. That yeah. was my thing, and it wasn't by the time that I was twenty one. I actually got that hernia doing like the lamest ab exercise ever. Not squatting, not benching or deadlifting, doing like weighted crunches or something absolutely silly. And then this was just like, it was just one day. I, I, you, when you have multiple injuries, you kind of become an, like, I, you're, you're a cancer expert at this point. I, that's how, compared to what she is. Compared to what? I wouldn't say that. Um, An expert is that person in the room with the most knowledge. That's right. So in this case, you're absolutely the expert. Um, so it, it was manageable. And, I mean, I've at the point now where it's I it's almost, it's not that it's super painful. It does ache in pain occasionally, but I want to get it fixed. And I think yeah. that this is the right time. Well, you'll be able to reach new goals because of it. Exactly. That's, he's already reached a few. I've reached quite awesome. a few, you know, through the training here, through the equipment, and just the, really the culture yeah. is what has given me the most uh, the most gains, basically. Well, that's for, the other thing about a trainer. You're putting, instead of being at home with your own set of weights, you're putting yourself into that culture where you're surrounded by people 
who are inspiring. Mm-hmm. And then you get inspired, and it make it kind of drives you to move to that next level. Oh yeah, and you know, in the YouTube era, which or the YouTube, the social media era, like you, I could go on my phone right now, and probably the first ten people are going to be benching over five hundred and squatting seven or eight hundred. And yeah, that's cool. But where I get the most motivation is in here. Yeah. So. Just for an example. You see it for real. Absolutely. And it's not necessarily, it doesn't have to do with the big lifts. It has to do with the effort, really. So just for an example, one of our one of my training partners found sobriety through powerlifting. Wow. And he recently had a bout with that, but and this is day three this was day three sober back in the gym. And the gym is his, you know, alignment guides. That is what keeps him on track. And that's the coolest thing in the world to me. You know, I think I find that that fires me up. I want to run through a brick wall, you know, like it's just the coolest thing that that is what he does. And then we've got, you know, those other guys that just do it to do it, like Eric, you know, he doesn't compete. He's been, I mean, he's squatted, multiply, he's bench multiply, he's been here for, what, 15 years or something, something like that. He's been here a long time. And he just, he he's never satisfied. And I love that too. Yeah. So being... Oh, it's not about how much weight you lift or, or press. It's about what's heavy for you. Yes. And then where oh, you want to go with it? What is relative? Goals. It's all completely relative. And I mean, lifting with lifting with. I mean, Maddie's lifting group is very unique. Where you've got, you know, Gabe and Hank who are in their twenties, Maddie who's in his sixties, uh, Matt Smith who's 30, late thirties, late thirties, and everything in between. Chris and they all live together. Uh, yeah, right, Scott and Chris and like I, th- I love watching them. You know, and they're ripping on each other, and they got the yeah. locker room talk, and it's like it doesn't matter. Well, the, one pound, of the, the pound, the it doesn't matter. Love about coming here is that, um, not just to work out, but that I'm surrounded most of the time by teachers, and most of my friends are teachers, and so when I come here, there are people who work in the jails, there are people who are plumbers and electricians, there are people from all walks of life. And a lot of these older guys have been lifting for a long time. And I find it inspiring. It's sort of, I think of it as the old guard of bodybuilding body from Portland. You know, a lot of these guys were the original bodybuilders from the city of Portland. And they're still lifting. Yeah. You know, and they, they're still They never helping. stopped. Right. And I find that very inspiring. Yeah, this, the... Yet we have young people in their 20s and 30s. So the, I, I like the fact that it's all different ages. I mean, we even had, age. you had a, what, 15 or 16-year-old competitor in yeah. the last meet? Yes. Uh, and, female. Women, and women. And the women. And women. And, and the women have really uh, begun coming to the meets in, in a larger numbers. Well, we had a women's only meet. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, you, you so, couldn't have done that. However. I don't think you would have. I don't think Ten you years would, ago? I don't no. think so. No. I don't think so. But you look at Carolyn, the Rabbi Carolyn. Strongest be- rabbi in the who world. Who I become, I become friends with because of coming here. I wouldn't have known her. You've made a lot of friends. And friends she too. was a great support person when I was having my surgery. Uh, but I look at the gains she's made from the time I met her to today. It's unbelievable. It's incredible. I mean, she's one of my favorite people to watch. Yeah. I, that's another example of like when I watch her lift. That's more inspiring than watching Eric Lillybridge rip 900 pounds yeah. off the ground. I'd rather watch Carolyn. She pulled 300. And she has worked she benched so 200 hard in to a shirt. get there. She has worked so hard. She has worked and hard. She, I, and again, she, she shows up every day. She's a goal setter. Exactly. And she appreciates the process, yeah. clearly. Which just, again, makes me feel fired up. 
stepping way back. So you first started lifting in about 1990. You got your interest. You found. You started working with Maddie. 96. 96. Maybe. End of 96. I guess at what? How from? And when you started, obviously there was no YouTube. There was no Facebook. There was no. There was Darren Steen, who was on the internet, and he had a book. He's quite a bodybuilder in his own right. He's out of Chicago, but he's had many ups and downs in his personal life. But he had a paperback book that you could buy, and I bought that book just to have a lessons. You know, it was like a lesson book. But it, it wasn't like working with a trainer, you know. So I guess what I was curious was, uh, how long did it take you to notice to make, whether it was the the mental or the physical or your appearance, how long did it take for you to notice the changes? To, to really appre- to notice and to appreciate the changes? Was it a year, two, six two, months? I'd say two years. Between. Two years. She, she came in in pretty good shape. So that's when I it's harder. I wasn't heavy to, when I came no. in. But I, but I lacked any musculature. And yeah. I want, I, what I was after was a cut here. I wanted to have... The separation of the bicep yes, and the tricep? I wanted to have cuts that were obvious that when you wore a sleeveless shirt or... It was, it you was wanted all people about to appearance. know that you lift. Yeah, yeah, I did. <laughs> and in those days, nobody was lifting. Yeah, you know, especially women. Because I, I mean, in the but early, it took, two, it took two years because I don't think genetically that in my genes I was necessarily cut out for this. So I think, it, I mean, I really had to tweak the diet and and now I realize, you know, a lot of people are all about losing weight. Well, losing, I consider it losing fat, not weight, but. Um, I realize that you have to eat to gain muscle. That you can't put on, you can't get that cut unless you're eating. It's body building, not body reducing. Right, right. Oh man, I'm just so much that you just unleashed on and us. And you That's didn't it. know when I had you in class that really this was what I was doing after school. No, no, no. Oh, no. oh wait a minute. What year were you teaching him? Uh, 2003 and four. Oh, so I'm training you and you have him in class. Yeah. That's funny. Yeah. That is, I mean, that's, that's pretty You're crazy. leaving him and coming yeah. up here to train. And yeah, going for, for, a while, for a while there, when I couldn't get up here d- during the week, I was going to the fitness nuthouse once a week just to get another yeah. workout in because I didn't have my weights at home yet. That is funny. And I'd go to the fitness nuthouse, which is right in Kennebunk. Yeah. Sharpest and Village, Kennebunk, still there. Yeah. It's been there. I mean, that was the, that was the first that's the gym biggest. that I even knew what it, before I knew what a gym was. I knew about the fitness nut house, and that's the biggest knowledge base in Kennebunk. Was right there, but I'd go in there and I'd be lifting, and I'd be eighth. You know, my seventh and eighth graders would be coming in to train for football or whatever, and they'd be like, like Miss McCarthy, Mrs. McCarthy. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, I mean, like I was saying, I would have never imagined that my art teacher was going to a it was training for bodybuilding. and walk gym. Exactly. You know, lifting, you know, if I, you know, okay, well, maybe she goes and she gets on the bike and she does the elliptical. No, no, she's squatting. But you're squatting, you're Bench getting under the barbell. That's, that is absolutely incredible. And you didn't start until you were 40? I was going on 40. And it was kind of a turning, you know, that was kind of a turning point for me. It was like, I'm going on 40. You know, I want to age well. Um, I'm reading these magazines. It's like, I better start doing this because I'm going to be too old to do it if I don't. So it kind of pushed me. That's awesome. Yeah, that's a good thing to think about out there, everybody, if you're listening. Because you, it's usually never too late, but... I mean, I've been trying my... You get uh, to a point where... But now it's been 20... I'm 65, yeah. so it's been 25 years. And I have... I will say again, the benefits are not just in appearance, although that's a great thing. 
but the benefits truly are when you're caught off guard by a health problem that you didn't expect that you were in such better condition to handle it and really better mental condition well because you persevere you persevere because you've got to you've got to set goals and you've got to persevere through the, that process and it just puts you mentally you're you're not shook right i know and the i mean it's more than setting goals but reaching goals like right. you you have through weightlifting and bodybuilding or powerlifting or crossfit or olympic weightlifting whatever it may be the the process goes you have a goal you reach the goal and you set another goal plus and i want healthy i need all the healthy cells i can get and the best way to oxygenate those cells is by working out. I mean, that is the best way you're going to get oxygen into your whole body. But I right. mean, those cells that I really need. So let's just say hypothetically that if let me see, you said you're 65. If a 64 year old woman who has had little to no weight training ever in her life, very exercise consists of walking the dog. Um, Yep. Has had hip, um, her hip replaced in the last five years, and now is having back problems. She's terrified. This is my mom that I'm okay. talking about. Okay. She's terrified about going to the gym. Oh. What would? And I'm I'm trying to tell her that. So they're the same age. Having str- having a strong body is going to help support your bones. I guess, as a trainer and as some as a trainee at about the same age, what would your advice or just kind of not even advice but. How do you how do you get someone over that hump? I tell her, I I get it that it's scary to go into the gym for the first time, very scary. But if you have an appointment with a certified trainer who works with people that age, they're going to start you out at a very simple level that you can achieve, and they're going to build on that. They're not going to start you out lifting twenty pound barbells. You're going to start out with very low weights, which might be heavy for you. You might think they're baby barbells, but they're going to be heavy for you. They're going to be the right weight for you. The trainer's not going to hurt you. You're not going to get hurt in any way. That's the safest way to do it. Yeah. Really, for someone that's never done anything up till 64. Right. And keep 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 walking because walking's great for you. Of I course, mean, yeah. I mean, so yeah, if that's I try what to... she does every day, I'd say keep on doing that. That's great. And but then, you got to do some weight bearing. Yeah. As, particularly for our age group, osteoporosis and all that is we're in a time in our life when that kicks in the research is very clear on breast cancer that exercise helps prevent reoccurrence there's not a lot of research on pancreatic cancer because most people when they're diagnosed it's very late and they die but there's a lot of research on breast cancer and lung cancer about lack of reoccurrence because of exercise so I would say start small and hire a train. You know, pay a trainer at least for six or seven sessions and get yourself to help you get going. I think that that probably is the scariest part. Is that okay? So even if you do, I mean, for some people, just getting to the gym, terrifying. You know, absolutely terrifying. You're going to this new place. You know that you see lunks walking out of there, walking in. Well, there. I walked in the first time, and I'm looking around and. All these girls that have been doing the classes, the, dance, yeah. the jumpy classes, they all look so great. And I'm standing there, I'm like, I'm 40 years old, and they are 29, and I don't even know if I can do this. I mean, I had no confidence. I was frightened. And you just have to put one foot in front of the other and do it. I guess, so when you first started, how many times a week were you going? Was it five days, four no. days, two days, one no, day? three days. Three days. You think that that sounds about right for a... 
I you know I always say if you can, two would be this great, then three is better. Three is the best. And, you know, other people will come once, which is better than zero. Yeah, of course. Obviously, but I think that's if somebody how I leave can it. start with two, I think that's great. Two seems to work and quite well. What will happen is they'll find over a little bit of time that they really do like it, and then they'll add the third day on their they own. They get the bug. Yeah. I mean, getting the bug you is the key to getting every anybody in the gym. And the women here. I mean, at first walking through the store, like if your mom walked through the store, it might be very scary because it's a very masculine kind of a place. But the women who come here are really nice. And they're real women. They're not, they're not masculine women. They're, they're wonderful women who all have jobs in Portland area and um, are really, really, I've made a lot of friends here that are women. You know, and you're not here to chat anyway. It's not a social hour, so right, you that's kind of good. You don't have that pressure of having to make a friend. No, but you're you here to meet your trainer, yeah. and you just want people to be friendly and nice. And you want some exchange. Matt always makes sure, have you met, like he'll say to me, like you just did about that girl out yeah. there, have you met so-and-so? Well, no, I hadn't. Well, this is so-and-so. And then the next time you're in the gym yeah, and maybe you're 10 minutes her. before Maddie, you can kind of... Chit-chat. Exactly. Chit-chat and you, you feel comfortable. Yeah. And then, I mean, just feel comfortable is a huge part of It's a comfort that. level. But yeah. that first time, nobody's going to be comfortable anyway because anything new is outside of your box. It's, it makes you terrified. Yeah. Oh, man. I'm going to be... This will be forwarded to my... To my mother, and hopefully it uh, it gets across to her. I'd love to meet her because we're the same age. Maybe, you might have maybe one. You met her at open house one time. Maybe I met her, I met her yeah. many years ago. Yeah, a long time ago. When you had to discuss his past Does she four live art in grades. Portland now, or is she? She lives in Kennebunkport still. still in Kennebunkport. Remember That's when he was failing art, Mary? Where yeah. does she live in Kennebunkport? <laughs> she lives on. Do you know where Arundel Road is? Yeah. Um, where the I'm telling everyone on the internet where my parents live, where uh, Rocking Horse Stables. Right across the street from there, okay. on a private dirt road down. And at the I end. live up where Consolidated School is. Yep. I live up the hill. Up the hill. On the right, uh, on the corner of School. school is that street. Crow Hill? No, that's going down towards Cape Corpus. Uh, you you go up the hill from Consolidated. Oh, like you're heading towards Dock Square. No, going the other way. Okay, going like you're heading to Cape towards Corpus. Cape Corpus. Right, okay. you come up the hill, and there's three little sides, three four little side streets. On the last little side street on the right, um, house that faces School Street. But corners out on Briarwood. Gotcha. So um, we don't live that far apart, you and your mom and me. Oh man, I will. This so many weird parallels that have just come out of this. Starting with the, the one, school. you being my art teacher, two, being afraid of a surgery and totally kicking its ass, uh, and then the the weight training with my or with the Matt. weight training. Yeah, exactly. So we've woven in and out of each other's paths. So so bizarre. Yeah. I mean, and it's just the fact that you come to this gym. The chances, I mean, Maddie, like you said, you've got fifty something members, something like that, and uh, and drive up from Kennebunk. Yeah, exactly. And but this is my squat gym. I love this gym because you because. You can squat here all different ways. Sometimes when she's out of time, that's all we do. You squat, squat, and abs. I mean, that's a full body workout right there. When there's time, we do upper body. So your favorite lift is the squat? Yeah. What's your straight bar? And biceps. Squat and biceps. Yeah. So what's your uh, what's well, your favorite way to do it? I was doing them for years with the straight bar. Okay. Okay, but now since the surgery, I've been doing them on the box squats. Yeah, with the which I always safety thought squat I bar. Now we use a heavy dumbbell. The heavy okay. Dumbbell. Yeah. But I always thought I wouldn't be able to do them. 
And in fact, I love them. That's so, incredible. And I love bicep curls. Any any way you cut them. Just you like the I like the burn. The, yeah, I like the burn and I like the cut. And yeah. I like chest because it. Well, you can't have the cut without chest. Right. As well and shoulders. So I guess you've got to have the whole. You got to. I used to think when I first started working with Matt, I said to him, "Well, I guess I only need to do upper body." And he was like. No, your upper not. body is connected it's, to your lower body. It's a whole, it's a whole body <laughs> it's thing. It's a system. So I had to learn that. You've you got you to make the system strong. Because if it was up to me, I would have just done upper body stuff. Yeah, I just had another woman start with that. She, she thought she'd just do lower body. And I said, you know, we got to do everything. Yeah. And so now we're doing everything. Yeah, I mean, the first thing, you know, the guys come in that want to train with me for powerlifting, and they say, you know, well, I'm working on benching 300 pounds. They say, okay, we're doing squats today. Yeah. <laughs> you know? Yeah. I don't care. We're going to, I mean, it's, you know, we did a push-pull prep, and squats well, didn't go away. Core, you know? It's, no, it's, it's a it's, it's a system. You can't, there's, what's the point of having, this is another parallel you know what's the point of having a really good heating system if the ventilation right. system is awful it's got to be if one part of the building is really strong and the other part of the building is really weak you're only strong as your weakest link right. same with the body if you've got giant pecs and little you know pencil legs you're not going to be able to bench much you're going to get no I mean you're going to get no leg drive you know it. the system needs to be strong oh man I like that. yeah I mean, I like that parallel because it's so true. Yeah, yeah I, I try at this point. I pretty much think of everything as like some sort. I come up with analogies to, depending on who I'm talking to. If I'm talking to an electrician about, or electrical engineer about nutrition, I'm going to try to relate it in an electrical way. If I right. flip that, if I'm talking, make it easy to understand. Exactly. You know, if right, you can't. They say that you don't really understand something if you can't explain it simply. And to your list, because you have a variety of listeners, all the way from probably beginners to very sophisticated bodybuilders, it's good to keep it simple. Um, I think, start like your mom, starting simple, starting small and building on that is, with whatever you do, is the way to go. So that you feel success. And once you feel that success, that's going to keep you going. Oh, yeah. That's what fuels the fire. Yeah. So, Mary, you mentioned goal setting. What's your current goal? My current goal is to stay strong through the the full weeks of radiation. So how many? How much? How and many weeks? And maintain your body weight. And maintain my body maintain weight. body weight. Weight. So how far into this second wave of radiation are you in? I have. I start in another week. Okay, you start another week. You got four weeks. But my goal the last few weeks, besides maintaining body weight, was to build back because you do. I was out after the surgery for. I didn't work out for six weeks, so. Then I started back, and of course you lose some muscle when you're out for six weeks. It's easier to lose it than it is to gain it. You know, you oh, yeah. gain it fast, lose it. But muscle memory is an amazing thing, and I'm just about back to the weights I was using before the surgery. So that was my goal: was to get back to my pre-surgery weights. You pre-surged what you were curling, to, what you were squatting. Now try to maintain that through four weeks of radiation, hopefully. And if I can't, and I have to drop down a little bit, it's okay. Because I know your next goal will just be back. to gain the weight. Right. I think you're going to have a pretty good time of it because of the way you reacted to the chemo. But you know, the two different treatments. But right. I have Never a feeling been. you're going to be okay. Yeah. And you know, it's only four weeks. It's four weeks, and your chemo was uh, a real shock to your body. And you. And still I have a great team. I mean, I have a fabulous surgeon. I have a fabulous oncologist. 
and uh, New England Cancer Institute is connected to Dana-Farber. Um, I also have a wonderful alternative person. So I've been able to use some alternative practices with the traditional medicine to enable me to get through this, I think, a little easier. Uh, and my oncologist has been open to that, which has been great. Dr. Evans has been fabulous. So um, I can't ask for a better team. And that's what this really takes. It, it takes a team. It takes working here as part of that, you know, working with Matt's part of that team. Um, it's a total team effort to recover from this. It's not just me. Yeah. I mean, it, I'm a small piece. I, you, know, you need all those people right, working but towards your goal. Without, We're all working in the same direction. Without that goal, though, what right. would you be working for? So, I've got a couple more questions for you, if you don't mind. No, go ahead. So, we talked about nutrition. You're a very clean eater. I'm curious. What's your go-to cheat meal? What's your uh, the dirty cheap. pleasure meal? Do you have any? Is it ice oh, cream or no. pizza or oysters? Steak. steak. Ribeye steak. Ribeye. High fat. I buy a thick ribeye at Whole Foods and I antibiotic free. Yep. And I have them cut it down the middle so I have two steaks. So they're thinner. Mm-hmm. Okay, so, so you butterfly it kind of. Yeah, so I'm not eating as much meat because all their steaks are cut to a pound yep. or a pound point two. So I have them cut it in half. And then every Saturday, if we eat at home, that's what I have. Grill it, cast iron? Gr- grill it. Grill it. But that that's my go-to for this. Do you ever get food from, food. or you ever get steaks from Rosemont? Used to before okay. I started buying my Whole Foods. That is, I've become buddies with uh, a butcher. I mean, I say that I'm, I, we say place. hi. I go there every, I go there all the time. And uh, being tight with the butcher makes a big difference. Goes a long ways. I mean, you know, I'll get, sometimes I get there really early and the case isn't fully put out. He kind of knows what I want. So he can go in the back and get a few of things. Yeah. Or if he doesn't have what I want, I'll tell him what I'm trying to do. You know, it's like, well, I got two people coming over plus me and my girlfriend and we uh, we're gonna grill we're gonna grill steaks what do you got give me something give me a thick cut and there's been other times where I wanted to get a ribeye and they had cowboy steaks which is bone in ribeye and he said you know I'm like man it's like I don't want to spend the money on a cowboy right now let me get some ribeye and he goes you know you get more bang for your buck on the cowboy because you're not paying me to take the bone out I got the cowboy well, long ago, see, you get more flavor that I should oh, probably absolutely. give you a little, a little, we were talking about this earlier before the podcast. Our school that I work, work in, that I just retired out of. The middle school? This gym, middle yep. school, Kenny Bunks, was a, is a moldy school. It's a school that suffered extreme water damage from 2002 to 2009 before they fixed it. I, like everyone else in there, was sensitized to that and had a lot of physical reactions to that environment. When they replaced the walls in the place and replaced the flashing and replaced the roof, the building itself was better structured, but the bacteria and fungus that was there stayed. It's so, in the insulation. It's, it's right. so So those of us that are sensitized are still sensitized to it, whereas we might hire a new teacher who wasn't as impacted because the, the water boards and so forth were gone. So as a result of this, in 2008, as we were fighting all this, I made a point of not eating more than 25 grams of sugar in any one day. 
I, I decided through listening to Dr. McCuller online and so forth that that everything I was reading said that sugar wasn't good for you anyway and so I lowered my sugar intake to 25 grams which means if I were to have two regular coffees at Dunkin Donuts right there is 24 grams yeah so I I trained myself to eat very little sugar um, I'm sure that's probably like the Greek yogurt do you eat flavored no so no, it's unflavored so there's not uh, Faye. Faye. Yep, that's the best stuff. Um, I like using that instead of sour wallaby. cream. And it's got four grams, I think four grams of sugar in the plain. Okay. Um, which is which is fine yeah. because you're getting 16 grams of protein for your buck. Um, but you have to buy good yogurt. You can't buy Chobani or some of these flavored yogurts, a fruit-filled yogurt or whatever because all you're getting is sugar. So I'm very careful about where I put my sugar. Now, do I like an occasional ice cream? Yes. But I very rarely eat stuff like that, and I Once have no and I have no yeah. interest anymore, you know, in cake or cookies or any of that stuff. I mean, we'd have staff meetings, and each team's responsible for a staff meeting to bring the snacks. And if you could see our after-school snack, it it's never it never pained me. Well, I mean, they're beautiful if you like homemade desserts and cakes and cookies, <laughs> but it never pained me not to eat that stuff because I just know how bad it is. It's a few. And now seconds. that I'm a cancer patient, it's even worse for you. Right. You the know, and I still like my coffee, so I'm going to have the coffee with the sugar in it because I really like that. Mm-hmm. And forego cookies, you know. Yeah. Well, it's like you think about for like three seconds of mouth pleasure, you're giving up so much. And you're making a huge sacrifice to your body. The problem is it's the it's a brain pleasure. Oh, yeah. Carbs please, please your and brain. It's and it's addictive. And well, then you want another bite. Yeah, exactly. you want another bite. And then and you think bite. about, you know, well, yeah. last Friday I had cookies yeah, and protein, that was a good day. protein doesn't react like that with your with your brain. No. It's those carbohydrate molecules. And if you're that, having a turkey sandwich, yeah, you're getting a little sugar from, his, I use Ezekiel bread. You're getting a little sugar in that. But you're well, offsetting it with the protein and the fat. You know, I've got a piece of cheese on it. Might put a little olive oil on it, so I'm offsetting that that sugar too. Which How about uh, absorption? Alcohol. I'm a minimal drinker. I went for ye- actually. I went from 1990 to this year without drinking anything. Wow. And my doctor said to me, you know. It wouldn't hurt you to have a glass of wine now and again going Red through wine. this because they just felt stress-wise it was relaxing. So I now I don't worry about having an occasional glass of wine, but I come from a uh, heavy-duty alcoholic dad. So There's some good stuff in the red wine, too. Uh, you know, you. I, Heart health. I yes. just want to be careful. Yeah, that's, that's very smart. I've got one final question for you. This is something that I've been asked. I think I've asked just about every guest that we've had on. I think I asked Maddie, the original podcast. What is something that you've learned in the last two years that you think everybody should know? I think everybody should know that sugar is a primary cause of so many diseases. I mean, if you look at our, di- our type 2 diabetes rates, heart, heart disease, cancer, um, Sugar plays a role in almost all disease, so I think that's very important. I think the other thing I've learned in the last two years is to listen to your body. If something is off and you know it's off in your gut, you've got to listen to your gut. What I believe now is we all have an intuitive sense, and we all have this intuition that we carry with us. 
and intuitively we know certain things about ourselves but I think so often people don't listen to their intuition and I think your intuition is going to lead you places and I I think intuitively that I knew that night that something wasn't right I didn't know what it was you just had and I wasn't sense. prepared for the severity of it but I definitely had a sense that something wasn't right and I intuitively in my gut knew it and even when I went home with the girls, the, the PA telling me that I had uh, constipation, I just, Didn't. for some reason, I didn't feel totally settled with that. And I think we do have that inner intuition, intuitive sense, and and I have a strong, really strong, deep faith. Not a church-going faith, but a really strong, deep faith. And I think that intuition was trying to tell me something and that I needed to listen to it. And I think we all have it. Wow. Well, Mary, well, this has been, without a doubt, the most uh, motivational podcast we've had to date. You know, we've awesome. had powerlifters on here. Big, tough, big. strong powerlifters. Well, I, encur- I encourage, I don't care whether you're big and strong or a small, tiny you are big lady strong, just, starting, just starting out. Big um, and strong has, has nothing to do of, with your physical size or your muscle. Well, so much of this is mental, you know. Of course. So much of this is about how you think and about what you're putting into your mindset. Of course, in school we talk about mindset all the time, but it really is about mindset and, and deciding you're gonna do it and then taking those actions, setting goal and taking those action steps to get there. And once you experience kind of the thrill of it and the, the changes that eventually do occur, mm-hmm. even if you change just your eating, you're gonna feel better, your blood work's gonna look better, like your mom. I don't know what her blood work is, but it's going to improve. If she's got any issues, it will improve. Everything on every level improves. You know, so you will see that. And if you're struck with something heavy to deal with, like I've been, you're in such a better place to handle it. So that's all I have to say for today. Wow. (laughs) So we just did an hour, Mary. Is oh, there any like about two minutes? Yeah. Is there anything you would like to plug? Do you have a website? Do you have a Facebook? No. Anything like that? Just your doctors? No. Routine? Down the down the road, I, I'm seriously considering getting my personal trainer's um, certificate so that I can. I'd like to train older women. I've you told know, you that you more, should have done that ten years ago. I wanted group, you to do you that. Know? Um, but for right now, my goal is just let's get through this full week radiation and then. I said to him, well, what's next? And he said, you walk out the door and... Keep living. Keep living and you're, you know, you put that fear of... You can't live with that fear of the cell is going to return. You have to live with... Uh, every day that you get up is a gift and I know that more than ever now. You know, and none of us can predict how long we're going to be here. And we just have to appreciate every day, so... Um, that's what I'm doing now, and I'm just going to continue to do it. I'll, I'll never be someone out front as a spokesperson for pink ribbons or any of that. I just want to go back to living my quiet life and mm-hmm. um, do what I can do to help other people that are going through this. I'd love to volunteer at the cancer center doing something that would be helpful. Teach your people how to squat. You know, I mean, teach that easily. how to squat. So I really appreciate the opportunity to talk because if I can reach even one person and make them feel like they can do this it'd be great I'm sure you're going to reach quite a few people with yes. this good. this is a good one I can't thank you enough for coming on you're this welcome. was uh, thank you I didn't Thanks know I didn't me. know what to expect to be honest and this was this, 
blew my expectations <laughs> through the roof. Thank you so through, much. Through the non-existent roof of this. And thank you, Matt, for inviting me. Thank you. Thank you for 19 years of being loyal. She knows me, and she likes me anyway. <laughs> this, is, this is true. There's a great knowledge base here at Dynamax. On that note, uh, let's see. We got... November tentative second weekend uh, for the New Englands full full meet full meet actually it may it may be the regionals this year oh really yeah and can you give this a plug this is the formerly the blend okay it's got a new name built yes new label so built is a balanced blend of creatine L glutamine and uh, branch chain aminos BCAAs formulated specifically for powerlifters. Um, and bodybuilders. And bodybuilders. Add one scoop or two tablespoons. That which is a just putting what one scoop is and what the actual measurement is. That's a good point because once you lose yep. that scoop, you don't have no idea if you're getting the right amount. So add one scoop or two tablespoons to any beverage. It's, for, it's here. I'm just waiting on the labels. Okay. Let me put a plug in for L-glutamine while we're at it. Yeah. Um, when before I started chemotherapy, I saw my alternative nurse practitioner to get advice about what I could do to make side effects more minimal. And one of the things she advised me to start a week before I started the chemotherapy was every day, and I still do this to this day, drink a tablespoon of L-glutamine in water in the morning and at night. I never had one ounce of nausea. It, From the chemo? No. It prevented the she nausea. She never missed a workout? I went home the first day after the chemo. They give you three prescription bottles, three anti-nausea medications. And they tell you to number them, one, two, and three. And they say, take number one, because it works for most people if you get any nausea. If that doesn't work within an hour, take number two. If that doesn't work, take number three. I never open them. You even open And them. what the L-glutamine wow. does, in addition to preventing the nausea, is it coats your digestive system. And now I'm going to use it through the radiation, because although the radiation will be targeted to that head of the pancreas they cut off, the fact of the matter is radiation does radiate out and hit other things and this will add a protectant effect because it's a tissue healer so it's a great uh, amino to be taking and before I was doing that I was just using a teaspoon of it in my shakes just for tissue healing after workouts so I now I do a tablespoon twice a day but it's fantastic and it's in built and it's in built and it's in built which will be as a, a tissue healer which really, will be on both. the website the store will be open should be by next week with a shopping cart and the whole deal so the belt the drinks and the collars will be available right now the apparel is available just you order it online from the store from the store yep. this uh, this will be ordered through us okay directly yes. so you'll stock it we'll stock it and it'll go through a shopping cart great so that's going to be open next picture, week so i can put it on the uh, for the podcast oh, just uh, okay. just that okay so anyway, uh, good night to number ten, right? Number ten. Here's to uh, here's to Mary McCarthy. Here's I'd to say. Mary McCarthy, and here's to doing ten more. Ten. Let's do ten hundred more. Whatever it is, <laughs> whatever that number is. All right. Good, good night, night and thank you for tuning in. Remember to give us a five star review on iTunes. Uh, find us on SoundCloud. Search the Dynamax Podcast, and tell a friend about it. Thank you so much for listening, and good night.